Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. Today, we are going down the marketing strategy, or actually, let's call it growth strategy lane, um, in a way in which we often don't do on this podcast. And by that, what I mean is really giving you guys very specific action steps in order to grow your social media following and your audience, and therefore your business online. And uh, today's guest is Laura Burden, and she is the founder of Burden Brand Management, which is a boutique social media marketing agency that's based in Vancouver. And her agency offers social media marketing solutions for premium brands and service-based professionals. She's had clients featured in Forbes, Business Insider, and her team is proud to offer coaching, consulting, and online courses, as well as social media management uh, to help people like you to, like I said, grow their reach online. And while on this podcast, I obviously speak a lot to uh, mindset and manifestation and energy and overcoming your blocks and identity. And these things I think are all incredibly important. I also know how impactful it is and how helpful it is to have specific action steps that are going to put you in the driver's seat of your business, right? Because we can talk about manifesting a bigger audience all day long. And uh, it's a good chance that if you're listening to this, that's something you've been thinking about. You've been thinking about wanting to grow your online audience. And that's why this episode has even presented itself to you. But what comes next is those action steps that start to show you a little bit of the how. They start to show you how it could be possible. And specifically today, we talk about Uh, Using Instagram Reels, Laura gives all kinds of actionable steps that uh, are really, really, really great for using your Instagram to grow your business and growing your audience in the first place. And I asked her some questions around, you know, getting started using Reels, what kind of content people want to see in Reels, uh, what is favored on Instagram. And uh, she's just an absolute wealth of knowledge. And she also understands the power of your mindset and of manifestation. And so today, you know, it was just a really great episode for those of you who are wanting to grow your reach online and looking for ways to do that, that feel good, that feel organic, that feel possible for you, then this is definitely an interview that you want to listen to. So without further ado, here is my interview with agency founder and social media marketing specialist, Laura Burden. You're listening to the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Saunders. I'm a business and manifestation mentor for modern entrepreneurs who know that deep down, there's a better, smarter, and easier way to manifest the next level success they desire. On this podcast, we explore a very different approach to growing your business and income quickly, and it has nothing to do with hustling hard or discovering the perfect marketing strategy. By understanding the power of my thoughts and training myself to think in energetic alignment with the reality that I desired, I went from teacher to 20 and 30 $30,000 months in just two years in my online business. If there's one thing I know to be true, it's that we're each vastly capable of creating hugely successful businesses that light us up and set us free. I'm here to share with you the knowledge and strategies needed to manifest the success you want. I truly believe that you can become, create, and achieve anything you desire, and it's just a matter of changing your thoughts in order to change your life. So let's get started. All right, you guys, I am very excited to be welcoming Laura to the podcast. Welcome, Laura. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi, thanks so much. I'm so excited to be here. So um, the audience knows a little bit about you from what I've said in the intro of this episode, but I would love to hear in your own words who you are and what it is that you do as an entrepreneur. Absolutely. So my name is Laura Burden Patoyu. Um, I'm the founder of Burden Brand Management. Um, so we're a boutique social media marketing agency based in Vancouver. And I live in Vancouver with my husband and my dog. So I'm originally from South Africa, but I kind of lived between Canada and South Africa when I was growing up. Um, you know, for my background, I did a BBA in international business. I did a year of law school before realizing that was not for me. And eventually started my own business doing social media marketing. Amazing, which these days is in demand, I'm sure you have found. Yes, very much so, especially with COVID, it seems to kind of ramp everything up. Yeah, I think that that we've just seen this huge shift into you know, people really wanting to explore other possibilities for themselves. We're spending all this time at home. Uh, Um, So, you know, there it's been quite a an interesting shift to watch as someone that was already in the online space and and I'm sure for you as well. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about yourself and and your background and just kind of what led you into the business that you have now. 
Yeah, so I had dropped out of law school. Um, it wasn't the right fit for me. I thought that was what I wanted my whole life. And when I was actually doing it, um, I did like a summer internship and I realized it was just not a good fit for me. So I left law school and had been working in a restaurant before school. So I went back to working in a restaurant um, and I was one of the managers there. So that was fun. Um, I didn't really know what my next step was. I had been doing social media management for the restaurant, just kind of like a fun side thing. Um, I wasn't getting paid anything extra for it, but I just saw that there was a need for it. So I'd come in on my days off, you know, schedule and create these big photo shoots with food um, and send my days off planning the feed for the month ahead. And, you know, we'd get so many customers coming in and asking who's running your social media, like who's behind it. We love this. Um, so we were getting really good feedback, but I kind of thought that was that. Like, I didn't think it would lead to anything more than that. Um, we ended up having a really sudden and unexpected death in my family in January 2018. And that obviously really negatively impacted my mental health. So I could not go out in public without having a panic attack. Like, I was just a total mess. So that was when I kind of realized that maybe it was time for me to explore other options because I really did not feel capable of working, um, of leaving the house and dealing with people in the capacity that I had to in the restaurant. So that was kind of the kick in the butt that I needed. Um, so once I you know, officially decided to start my business, I got quite a few clients very quickly because I'd spent so much time working for the restaurant and building those connections there um, without even planning to do anything with it. And uh, how, like, it's just so interesting hearing kind of the unfolding of events that leads people into yeah. their businesses and, and gaining that clarity. How did you go about like reaching out? Cause you said you made some connections. Was it yeah. something that you put feelers out there for? Uh, were there specific people that you had met that you reached out to and said, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Um, you know, some of them had been just clients at the restaurant or customers at the restaurant who had said to me, like, if you ever change your mind, like we would love to work with you. So that was kind of cool to be able to tap into those resources. Um, but before that I used to model as well. So a couple of my clients from when I was a model, you know, just based on the interactions or experience we'd had um, from them hiring me as a model, they thought, you know, we'll give her a chance with our social media as well. So it was funny that those connections I'd built in a completely different industry, never thinking they would ever lead to anything else. Um, I was able to tap into those resources. So many of my clients ended up coming from either the restaurant um, or from other connections that I'd done uh, or made from modeling in the past. Cool. I uh, I often talk about how, you know, by the time we kind of have the clarity needed to move forward with our business idea, it's like we were being prepared for it all along. We just didn't know. 100%. Yeah, it's so <laughs> weird how that works out. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so sometimes I have um, clients or just people talk to me about like, well, I'm just doing all these different things and I don't see how it's all going to come together. And it's like, just trust <laughs> you're being. And, and so you'd say that was obviously your experience. Yeah. I mean, at the time I had no idea, like I never thought that any of those connections would benefit me moving forward in any way. Um, I had a couple of friends who had gone on done master's degrees and they were like really high up in the corporate ladder and I felt so behind in so many ways um, but, you know, like I was just like, I'm going to make the most of where I am. So every customer that came into the restaurant treated them like they're my best friend. Um, mm -hmm. Every shoot that I booked, I would show up, you know, early, ready to go, put my all into everything. So I think that made a big difference. Yeah. Amazing. And what does your business look like today? Yeah. So today we're kind of a hybrid. Um, we do have a done for you side of the agency. So that's um, probably the biggest portion I would say right now. And um, we also do coaching, consulting, and I have a couple, well, I have one course right now and then a few more in the works as well. So that's kind of what we're doing right now. Awesome. And uh, just, I've, I've been asking a lot of people this on the podcast recently, the last year in your business with everything going on in the world, has that, you know, it's it's interesting to hear sort of what the impact was on people. And some people say, oh, I, it, I completely lost my business and I had to rebuild. Other people say, oh, it's really blown up because of the pandemic. Uh, what has your experience been of just navigating the online space as an entrepreneur in the world of COVID-19? Yeah. So it's funny, the first kind of month when everything kind of came forward, so I guess like March, April, I ended up losing almost all of my clients. And there was, like a, yeah, so there was like a two week span there where I was like, okay, like I'm going to be homeless next month. Not literally, but I definitely felt that way. Yeah. Um, so it was really overwhelming to think like I'd lost almost all my clients at this point, basically overnight. Um, but, you know, licked my wounds, cried for a few days and then realized, okay, like this gives me an opportunity to kind of start from scratch and to 
you know, raise my rates and focus on getting a specific type of client that isn't affected by things like a global pandemic, for example. So, um, you know, before I'd been working with a lot of like mom and pops, kind of small restaurants, um, local businesses. And after that, I realized I need to pivot to something a little more evergreen and not affected by, um, you know, pandemics. So that was kind of my um, pivot that I made. So after I kind of made that switch, things took off for me. It's been like, it ended up being a really good year um, financially, obviously, you know, there's so many like horrible things that happened last year as well. But in terms of, you know, just looking at the back end of things, um, it worked out really well for us. Amazing. Uh, I, I love hearing those stories of like, you know, it looked like the worst was happening and then it ended up actually working in my favor. And I think that Mm -hmm. that is kind of a decision that we are, I can make as entrepreneurs and especially, I mean, I'd love next, I'd like to ask you, you know, about sort of the mindset side of things. But I think that it's really important to be empowered in being like, well, I can decide what I make this mean. And you, instead of being like, oh my gosh, my business is over. I should move back in with my parents. You were like, yeah. which also would have been fine. But you instead yeah. were like, okay, this is an opportunity, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously I had, like, I took a couple of days where I had to, like yeah. I said, lick my wounds. But yeah, eventually I was like, okay, how can I make this work for me? So yeah, that was kind of what I did. So I'm excited to have you on because we talk a lot of mindset and energy and manifestation on this podcast. And you bring in a lot of like the specific strategies, right? And I was taking a look at your Instagram and I highly recommend, I mean, I was learning about reels just watching some of your recent (laughs) posts. And I think that having the tools for entrepreneurs, especially those in the online space that are building online audiences and and content and all that stuff, I think it's really important to have the tools in order to feel empowered in the action that you're taking. And that in turn really puts us into the driver's seat of our own success. And I would love to know from you before we move forward, what role does mindset, uh, manifestation, perhaps spirituality, whatever it is that you resonate with, what role does that play within your business? Oh yeah. It's like everything. Um, every day I start my day with, you know, my manifestations, my affirmations. Um, I used to think all of this stuff was so corny and I last, it was last December. So December, 2019 or yeah, 2019. So before COVID, um, my husband and I were in California and I picked up the book. You are a badass at making money by Jen Sincero. And it's like this bright green cover. And I was like, what is this? Like thinking like, this is the most ridiculous thing ever. And for whatever reason, I bought the book and I have read it like, I don't know, maybe 10 times, like cover to cover over and over. Cause every time I read it, there's like some sort of nugget in there. Um, but all of this to say that after I read that book, I ended up 10 times in my income from 2019 to 2020. So I like mm-hmm. nothing else really changed. Like I wouldn't say that I became like 10 times better at my job or like 10 times better connections. Um, but it, the biggest shift was my mindset and how I approached everything. So yeah, I like a huge believer of mindset and spirituality and carving out time for that. It's so important. What would you say? Cause 10X in your income is amazing. And yeah, I, it was I insane. What was the sort of driver for that? Like what shifted for you in reading that book that resulted in 10X in your income? Yeah, you know, I think because I grew up always hearing like education is so important, school's important. I thought or I felt that I didn't deserve to make the type of money that, you know, doctors or lawyers make because I didn't go to school to become a doctor or a lawyer. So I had always thought, you know, all I have is my university degree. I can only make X amount of money. So that was really holding me back, I think. And reading that book, it was, it kind of unlocked my brain that there's so much more to life than that. And there's no need for you to hold yourself back and play small like that. Right. Oh, I love that. You're about us. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of, her original book was one of the very yeah. first I read. And it's funny because I read it at the time, at a time when I didn't really believe in any of this stuff. And yeah. it's, I liked the book. Uh, and I was like, yeah, this is awesome. But then I like got so far into all the world of law of attraction manifestation. And I was like, what did I even get from this book the first time I read it? Yeah. But it's exactly <laughs> as you say, like I've gone back to both of her books multiple times mm-hmm. for that reason is like you just the sort of higher level of consciousness that you're at mm-hmm. as you are on your journey, the more you're able to pick up on her books, any books really yeah. on this topic. Yeah. Uh, I think hers are like a good kind of like entry level, like kind of getting into that um, way of thinking, because it's very approachable how she writes and it's not, 
I mean, I've picked up a couple of books by like Eckhart Tolle and I'm like, I can't get anything out of this yet, but you know, you, you yeah. wait a bit and you read something else and then you can go to that. So yeah, I think her books are really great if you're just exploring that side of things. Absolutely. Okay. Amazing. I, uh, I want to talk to you about like some more like strategic <laughs> moves, especially when it comes to social media and, and yeah. marketing, but I love knowing like kind of what your approach is. And I want to hear how it is you feel the two of them go together in terms of having these very specific tools on building reels and growing your, your audience organically, but also introducing the mindset side of things. So yeah. uh, first, maybe you can give us a little bit of just background on specifically how it is that you help people? Is it like all about growing their audience on on social media? Is it using their existing social media in order to uh, make sales? What does that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on the client. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some of them do need like a large audience in order to make money, um, but a lot of them don't. So basically what I preach is that you can make money at any size. Um, profitability over popularity is kind of one of the, the key that. messages. I, yeah, that, I think that's super important. Um, everyone wants hit 10K, you know, followers, but no one thinks about those 10K months. So I think it's really important to think about like why, what that number means to you, what that big number of followers means to you. So I kind of preach like profitability over popularity. So we help people through um, like the done for you management, obviously, um, coaching. So one-on-one coaching to help them figure out where they're getting stuck and to figure out why they aren't converting people. And then of course the course, um, the reels course that I have is also great for that. I mean, just the nature of reels right now, they are massive for growing your account. Um, but the intention behind them really is to get people into your DMS and onto your website and booking your services. Right. I like what you're saying about, uh, having an intention behind it, like knowing why am I putting time into this? Yeah. A lot of people don't have that. And like, it's so funny on the beginning of the year, I was like, what's everyone's new year's or like social media, new year's resolutions. And I had like a little question box in my story and the biggest, most like pervasive answer over and over was I want to hit 10 K. I want to hit 10 K followers. And every time I asked them, it was like, well, why? Oh, so I can get swipe up. Like, why? So like, what does swipe up mean to you? Right. So I think it's really interesting to figure out why that's important to you. And, you know, I think once you know that it makes it easier to go after it too. That is so funny because I've been sitting around like sort of 8,000, you know, 8,200 people for like ever. And, uh, and I say all the time, like one of these days I'm going to manifest that freaking swipe up option. (laughs) Instagram. So I was literally thinking about it earlier because now I'm doing all the stuff on Clubhouse and my Mm -hmm. growing, uh, my uh, audience is growing that way. But what would you, for someone like me, for me, it's like, I want the swipe up to make, because I direct people to like opt-ins and sales pages all the time. Is that when you're saying like, why do you want that? Is it, what, what kind of answer are you looking for from people? Yeah. You know, I think people, I I mean, I can't speak for your instance specifically, but you know, a lot of people say like, oh, once I have swipe up, then I can sell my course. Or once I have the swipe up, then I can be Mm -hmm. an affiliate for this. Or once like they, they just wait for the swipe up. They think it's going to change everything overnight in their business. And it's absolutely not. Um, I have so many, yeah. Like I have so many clients I'm working with that have, you know, 2000 followers, 3000 followers, and they're, you know, six figure entrepreneurs. So I don't think you need swipe up to change your life the way people think it does. Certainly it facilitates a much easier transition for people. Like it's so much easier to get someone to swipe up um, and sign in for something or sign up for something when there is such a quick option. Um, But at the same time, that extra little bit of friction of making them go to the link in your bio, I don't think that's going to deter the people who are really interested in what you're offering. Totally agree. And I mean, this is yeah. what this podcast is all about is like it's belief over everything else. So yeah, totally. I want the swipe up just to make it easier for my audience members, but I'm also not allowing my success to be dependent on something as, yes. you know, intangible as like, well, yeah. they were able to swipe up and that's why they spent thousands of dollars to work with me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's so important. I think you have the right mindset for that. For sure. So let's maybe go there then because I'm sure there are a lot of people listening who it's not so much that they're like, oh my gosh, I just want to swipe up, but they're want, they have that goal in terms of their audience where if someone said, okay, I want to build, uh, you know, my first 5,000 or 10,000 or 20,000, where would you start someone with, uh, or sorry, where would you start someone that had a specific goal? And, you know, maybe they, they had very good reasons as to why they wanted that bigger following. Do you yeah. have sort of like a system or, a 
yeah, system for organic growth or what does that coaching look like? Yeah. So, I mean, different, it definitely depends on kind of where you are. So the first kind of zero to 1000, I say is like figuring out the clarity behind it. And by clarity, I mean like clarity in who you're serving, how you're serving them. Um, you know, what your messaging is, you have to be super, super clear in the beginning. Um, you know, beyond that, um, kind of the 1000 to three, 4,000 ish, that's when you're experimenting. Um, I want to see, you know, for my clients, I want to see that they're trying reels, they're trying lives, they're trying video, they're doing graphics, they're doing inspirational quotes, they're doing selfies. Like I want to see everything. I want them to be trying every single feature, every single type of content, because we have no idea what works for your account until you've done it all. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the biggest boxes I see people getting stuck in is that they'll be, they'll say, Oh, my engagement's not growing or my account's not growing, but my content hasn't changed. So it should stay, you know, it should stay consistent. And that's kind of the opposite people get very tired of seeing the same content type over and over. And it's up to us to be creating content that they want to engage with, whether it's now six months down the road, you know, two years from now. Um, so it's really important to keep experimenting and trying new things with content. Um, right now, the biggest thing we're seeing that's moving the needle is reels. So that's kind of what I'm pushing everyone towards as much as I can to be creating reels and building their rapport with that audience in that way. I love that. Uh, and I love what you're saying about like, we do the same thing over and over and we keep expecting yeah. a different outcome essentially. Yeah. 100%. Um, people that are getting started with reels, I have this like weird resistance around it. And I think it's like the, <laughs> because people do such funny, like creative reels and I'm just like, yeah. I don't even know where I would start. How do you get people yeah. started with reels? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the first real, I mean, if we talk about reels, like feeling that resistance, um, the day they came out, I posted like a snarky thing on my stories. Like it was a reshare from someone else, but I was basically saying like, Oh, reels are not going to change anything on Instagram. Like I did not believe in them. I thought it was an annoying <laughs> new feature. So I had so much resistance. Um, but I made my first reel literally because a customer or a client was kind of nagging me like what's reels how do I use them what is this new feature so I made this reel thinking like no one's gonna see it but it got I think it was like 3,000 views and my audience was just over 4,000 at the time so I was like wow 75% of my audience saw this um so that wow. was kind of like you know I totally relate to that feeling of resistance in the beginning um but you know pushing past that um and when you're just getting started what I suggest to everyone and it's I posted it as a reel on my um feed if you go look for it but I'm saying to everyone that your first three reels should just be based on content that's already performed really well for you. So go into your insights and look at like, what's your most saved, what's your most commented. And that's kind of showing you the content that people want to see more of from you. So if one of your most saved is maybe it's a story where you talk about your journey from, I don't know, your first $5,000 month, for example, maybe that's what you're your post is about, and that's your most safe post. You can absolutely make a reel about that because it's obviously proven that that's the type of content or the subject matter that your audience cares about. Um, so that's kind of just to get the ball rolling. Um, I do think it gets easier once you try consistently. At the you know when we're first starting out, I've kind of said to all my students, make your first ten reels and then let's go from there because the biggest hurdle is creating them consistently and actually getting them out there. And once you've kind of ripped off that bandaid and got over that sort of hurdle of the first ten you feel so much better. You have way more creativity and you know what your audience is responding to and not responding to. So I think, you know, that is where you get the ball rolling. It's so important just to get that ball rolling though. Those are all amazing tips. And uh, I mean, <laughs> your audience is quite a bit bigger <laughs> these days than because I was looking at your Instagram just previously and Reels didn't come out that long ago. So is that, is yeah. that growth from Reels? Oh, hundred percent. So oh, I, yeah. So in August, my audience was about 4,000. Um, it's funny because I was doing done for you management. So I didn't really care about my audience at this point. Um, it was more about having clients and I was really happy with where my clients were and my revenue levels. So that was all good. Um, but you know, reels were kind of a fluke and I kept getting so many messages about them. So that's why I decided to branch into the coaching and the consulting and the courses, um, which was really cool. But yeah, most, I would say almost everyone's come from my reels. There's a few posts I've had that have gone viral sort of in between. Um, but the bulk of those people that have joined my audience are from reels. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I got to get on this. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize it was like that, that big of a group. I mean, I know people are saying, oh, audiences are growing through reels, but um, yeah. yeah, I didn't know it was I mean, that I big went of up a, like, I posted two reels last week. It was kind of a slower week for me because I was just really busy. Um, but I posted two that I'd already made and I went up like 1300 followers last week and I was not on the app that much. Oh um, yeah. So it's like, it's really great. I love reels. 
Okay, I'm going to get into reels because <laughs> I'm <laughs> clearly missing a big... You should, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I really appreciate your tips there because like even just knowing where to start with something. And I think for me, yeah. it's also like this overwhelm of like, I cre- there's just so much content creation, you know, in any given week. And so to take on like yet another thing is like, but I think what you're saying is like, it doesn't need to be overwhelming. Just get started, be no. light about yeah. it, be fun and see what happens. Yeah. Absolutely. And something else I'm kind of suggesting is if you feel like you, it's too much for you to add reels to your content strategy, take something else out, take away your static feed posts for the week and just post two or three reels instead of worrying about the carousels or the quotes or whatever else you're posting instead. Yeah, that's so, so true. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, I want, I'd love to know in regards to content creation, do you yeah. exclusively help people with organic growth or do you do ads and things like that as well? Yeah, I do do ads as well. Um, okay. Most of my clients, you know, it's kind of 50-50 right now. Half of them are organic and the other half are doing ads. So it's kind of a mix. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, I just think it's interesting for people to know, you know, where people are going or what they're focusing on in order. Because yeah. essentially like... I, again, for me, it all comes down to mindset and I've watched people who have 1300 followers total and they're making multiple six figures and beyond. Oh yeah. So it really, absolutely. Yeah. It's totally, um, possible, but at the same time as our business grows and we are, or our audience grows rather, and we are seeing new people come in and we're connecting with new people and we're getting DMS, all of that really plays into the mindset and feeling, feeling good about what you're creating. Right. So I definitely think that growing your audience is big for a couple of different reasons. Uh, and also I think people need to be careful around the, the story they're telling about like, well, once I have this many followers, then I'll be making X, Y, and Z because it's it's not true. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, uh, what, are some I would love to have like some tangible tips from you. I'm really loving your your takeaway tips. They're simple, but they're very mm-hmm. actionable. And, and yeah, I'm all about it. So thank you. But yeah, what are tips that you have for staying organized with content or perhaps creating like a very just doable content schedule? Because I know yeah. how like I have help in my business that helps me organize and, and post my content, but it's still like a lot. <laughs> Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's something I hear from everyone. Like it is a lot, um, you know, kind of the first steps, um, I think everyone should start with is mapping out your content pillars and your strategy. So by strategy, I mean, what are your goals with social media? How are you going to achieve your goals? How does social media even tie into those goals? Um, so I usually map all of that out in Asana. Um, it's like a project management tool and it's free to use. So in there, I will map out like January, February, March, whatever the big themes are, I'll kind of put them at the top of each month. So I know, you know, maybe January, my theme is new year, new social media techniques. Maybe my February um, theme is uh, mindset. You know, you kind of pick whatever you want your theme to be for each month, Um, but making sure that you map out your content pillars. So your content pillars are like the four to six topics that are relevant to you and your business and that somehow serve a different purpose in your business Um, and making sure that you're covering all your bases with that content. So I like to map out, you know, four humor posts for the month, maybe four client reviews, um, maybe four inspirational quotes, and then four actionable tips, just an example. Um, So that's what I do to kind of map out what I'm doing and where I'm going. Um, Some people like to plan out their content a month in advance, which I don't recommend doing just because Mm -hmm. the news cycle is changing so quickly nowadays. It's something you've planned, you know, even a week or two in advance can come across very tone deaf a little bit later. Um, So I don't plan out my content too, too much in advance, but I do like to have kind of a skeleton outline of like where I'm going, what I'm doing, um, and then kind of filling in those gaps as I go. Okay. I got it. Uh, And it's interesting because like, for me, I, I do have certain structures in place in my business, but I Mm -hmm. also have kind of gotten to this place where I allow myself to be more organic about it or more in the flow where I don't force content if it's not feeling like if I feel like I'm doing it just for the sake of doing it. Um, but that being said, there's like so many places that I do, like I post to this podcast every single week and I have another podcast Mm -hmm. I post to every week and there's, you know, always some sort of training that I'm doing. So I feel consistent in that way. What would you say to people who really kind of have resistance around, because for a lot of people, it'd be very empowering to have like a content schedule. And for others, it's almost like, I don't know if that feels aligned for me. Yeah, totally. And you know, what? I kind of go between the two. Like sometimes, you know, when I first started, I needed a very strict schedule and I knew like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, those were my days to post. 
Um, so now it is a little bit more free. Um, and that's when I talk about, you know, having those content pillars. So I know roughly what I'm talking about each week. Um, I don't know what it'll look like yet. So that's kind of how I hold space for those content pieces that need to be included without over committing to them and taking the fun out of it. A lot of my best posts are ones where I know, like, for example, on maybe a Monday, like I like to start the week off with something kind of funny. Um, so I'll have that in the back of my mind. I'll think of like, oh, what are some funny things I can talk about or some funny topics I can integrate into social media and holding space for that. And I also use um, like the notes app on my phone to write down ideas as they come to me and then refer right. back back to those. Yeah. When I'm creating my content, I feel like that's super helpful as well. So that you're creating from, you know, a list of ideas instead of sitting there looking at a blank screen and thinking, what am I going to write? What am I going to say? Which is the I worst feeling. That. I love that because yeah. then you can go back and say, I do feel like writing something today. What yeah. are the ideas that have come to me? And, and so I like the sort of mix of both of like it, it really serves us to have some structure in our business and yeah. some accountability to ourselves when things get crazy, but also being sort of, you know, just <laughs> being yeah, easy. Having that flexibility. Like, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Flexibility. I think it's super important. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I think like just really honoring like for some people, they need to have that very regimented structure and that's yes. what works for them. That's what's aligned for them. So tuning into, what would you say for people that have a hard time being consistent though? Like for me, it's like, I might take a week off, but I always come back to it. But I also have had yeah. clients who go into this pattern of like kind of self-sabotaging where they get into their heads about showing up and marketing themselves. Um, do you have any tips on, on that? Yeah, it's funny you say that because I would go through phases where I wouldn't post for literally a month and I'm like a social media manager. So that looks really bad when you don't show up for a month. Um, but basically the kind of mind shift set that I kind of, or the mindset shift that I went into or took upon myself or whatever you want to call it. Um, one of these accounts I follow, her name's your social team and she's a good friend of mine. Her name's Manu and she's based in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, but she had this post and it was like, one bad post won't hurt your account, but overthinking to the extent that you're not posting at all will. So once <laughs> I kind of, yeah, I love that. So that was like this huge shift for me. It was because before that I was paralyzed by every single thing I posted and I would worry like, is this going to tank my account? Are people going to engage with it? And now I don't think like that at all anymore. I'll create something without even thinking like, how is this going to do? Because that's not important to me at the end of the day. I just want to make sure that I'm still showing up consistently. I'm moving the needle um, whether it be by showing up, you know, some days that's all you can do, but other days, maybe the, the needle I'm looking for to move is website clicks or, um, comments or DMS or another type of metric. So I think showing up in some small way and whatever that might look like for you might be different depending on how much energy you have to give to it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think consistency is so important. And once you let yourself stop being a perfectionist, I don't know if anyone else struggles with that, but that was like sure. one of the things holding me back. Yeah. So once you let go of that, it does become a bit easier. Right. So just taking the pressure off. Yeah. Yeah. It should be that. fun. Like social media should be fun. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I had a client recently who was, this was exactly her, sort of what she was struggling with was like, yeah feeling like everything she posted was like, you know, a chapter out of a book that had been <laughs> years in the making. And I was like, what are topics that you know people need help with? And she was like, I think she, I don't even remember. It was like a very simple topic of like mm -hmm. being intentional with your day or something. I was like, okay, something yeah. so small like that, write a paragraph, write two paragraphs. Like not yeah. everybody is looking to read an essay from you every single day, but mm -hmm. let's just make it less easy or sorry, less, let's yeah. make it easier. Let's make it less hard, less complicated. Yeah. And I think for me also, when I'm feeling like writer's block, it's because where I'm coming from is it's kind of like self-centered, right? Like what do I totally. need to say? What do I, how am I going to look in this post as opposed to like, how can I show up and serve people today? And that just takes all the pressure off. I actually have a giant chalkboard in my office and what I have written on the top is what does my audience need to hear today? Um, that. so that's kind of what I go back to as well. And, you know, some days it'll literally be like, my audience needs to hear that it's okay to take a break. Like some <laughs> yeah. days that's all it is. Right. So I think coming back to that, you're so right about like, what does my audience need from me? What do they need to hear today? And sometimes it is like a huge essay on your whole life. Um, mm -hmm. but some days it's not, some days it's just like, Hey, here's your reminder to like, take a break. That's it. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah love that. Uh, what are, 
some, um, again, loving your tips. They're so good and they're so actionable. And on a podcast where we talk so much about energy, I, I love talking to someone who gets all the energy stuff and just like, okay, here are things that you can do to create this outcome because I think there is yeah. so much empowerment in that. So do you have uh, ways to increase engagement for somebody who is feeling like their account is, you know, sort of dead or crickets? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple ways to do it. Um, I think like the biggest way I'm kind of suggesting to everyone right now is to be engaging and give people a reason to engage in the first place. Um, so making sure you're building connections with people. Sometimes, you know, that means DMing people just to say like, you know, in response to their story or leaving comments on their posts because it resonates with you. Um, I think once you start doing that and building those connections, people are more likely to leave comments on your content as well. Um, you know, when I first started out, my content was not good. Um, I actually started out doing web design and social media was not my thing. And because I built such good relationships with people, just because I was genuinely interested in like what they were offering and their services and their businesses, I would get so many comments, even if my post was not great. Um, so I think people, you know, when you build those relationships with them and you're leaving comments and DMing them and just showing support, they're so much more likely to do the same for you. So I think that's kind of the first step. Um, but you also want to make sure that you're not approaching it from this like very... I don't know what the right word is, but like expecting something in return, you should yeah. never leave comments or engagement or feedback expecting the same because that will burn you out so quickly. So do it from a place of abundance and from a place of, you know, joyfulness and wanting to just share and be a positive, positive person on social media. Um, but you know, a little more tangible than that is like, um, I always find that for me, the posts that do really well are like the humor posts. Um, or really relatable content. So relatable content is anything that your audience is going to look at and think like, oh my God, me too. And that's yeah. when they're going to share their stories or they're going to comment and be like, this is so funny or whatever. So I think that um, humor, relatable content, those are really great ways to get the ball rolling for those. Mm, love that. Um, I, uh, shoot, I've forgotten my question here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was really listening to your, I, I had a question lined up and then I got really interested. Oh, no, in what sorry. You were <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. <laughs> don't, don't apologize. Um, oh, I remember. Okay. Do you have any suggestions around creating boundaries? Because I know like this world of social media, it can become our full-time job without actually yeah. making us any money directly. Totally. <laughs> yeah. like, and I know for me, it's like, okay, I'm creating content. It should be this type of content. I need to be creating reels. I'm also doing podcasts and I have thumbnails for that. And now I'm, yeah. you know, engaging with people and messaging people and I get all these comments on my stories and I'm messaging back. It's like just my Instagram account has the capacity to be a full-time job. <laughs> Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So do you have any tips around creating those boundaries, what that might look like so that it's not this like deep pit of a, like it's, 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 you're being very intentional about it and you're growing it, but it's also like not your whole life or your whole business. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was just having a chat with a friend about this today. Um, her name's Chris and she's the founder of mindful social and her whole messaging is like stress-free social and she's amazing. Um, but we were talking about that today and saying like, how do we get those boundaries? And it's something we're going to chat more about, I think on clubhouse eventually, but in terms of like creating those boundaries, I think like some of the examples are if people are in your DMS asking you for like a full free strategy, having those template responses that you can send back to them saying like, I would love to chat with you more about this. Here's the link to book a strategy call, obviously a paid opportunity and um, things like that. I don't know what kind of DMS you get, but I get so many from people asking for basically a free audit. Um, yeah. So once I set up those templates and I like had them, I felt empowered to use them. And it was something else I felt like I had to get permission for, for almost because it just felt so different from what I was used to. Um, so give yourself permission to have those boundaries in the first place. Um, right. Other things are, like you said, the comments that can be a lot. Um, I will set like 15, 20 minutes aside each day to get back to my comments, but being okay with knowing that you can't get back to every comment. Um, you know, there was a certain point when maybe I had a thousand, 2000, maybe even up to 6,000 followers where I could get back to comments. Um, but now like I will get hundreds and hundreds and there's no way I can get back to all of them. So being okay with that and knowing that you're doing your best. Um, I don't think people expect you to get back to every single comment. So having that realistic expectation for yourself as well makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not feeling indebted to. Yeah. Cause that makes such a difference. And I like you said, remembering that social media is like not your full-time business. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think too, it's like, 
just the permission slip. I'm big on permission slips yes. lately. <laughs> like you showed up, you you gave the value. And if you can't get back to every mm-hmm. single person, I think a lot of the time we feel almost, especially as women, almost indebted. It's like, well, this 100%. person, you know, shared yeah. my post or this person is a great client of mine or this person. And it's mm-hmm. like, you're, you're not doing anyone any favors by not having any, any boundaries in place. Yeah, absolutely. Right? That's the thing. Like you can't pour from an empty cup. So if, whatever you need to do to fill yourself up means like not responding to those comments, like leaving your DMS unread. Um, those are the things you have to do to be able to show up consistently. Then that, that should be enough. Yeah. I know for me, um, and maybe you find this as well. I got to this point where I realized, cause I, what I was doing was I would launch a program and I'd have people join it. And then I would over deliver to every single person that was in it. And yes. I realized like, <laughs> I wasn't, why am I exhausted? Yeah. <laughs> why am I exhausted? But not only that, I was like, it does not serve these people. No for me to not have boundaries and to show them this way of doing business that simply does not work. Like I need to show up because a lot of the people that I work with are other coaches and course creators and online creators. And it's like, if I'm messaging you back on a Saturday evening, even though I've said I'm not going to, now you're going to think that you have to do that in your business as well. And you don't. Yeah. That's (laughs) a good point. Yeah. And that's something I've had to do with my clients is on the bottom of all my emails, I have like a little thing that says, you know, I check my emails twice a day this is my office hour, blah, blah, blah. So they know, and, you know, setting up those expectations and those boundaries in advance is also really helpful. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what has been going back to your business for a second, what has been your biggest challenge as a business owner? If there is one that you could (laughs) speak to. (laughs) Just one. I wish. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if you heard this saying new level, new devil, but it's like, (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's so true. I remember like when I first started out, my biggest challenge was like, where am I going to get a client from? And now it's like, I have too many, like they need to stop. So I think there's challenges at every level. And, you know, it always seems like the biggest challenge is like the next one that comes along. Right. So I feel like lately what I'm kind of dealing with or the challenge I'm facing is, you know, creating a work-life balance and trying to remember that I have started my business to support my life and give me freedom and not to be tied down or overwhelmed. Like I would be if I was working for someone else. So Um, I think my biggest challenge, yeah, like I said, right now is creating work-life balance and figuring out what that looks like um, with social media being always on, you know, and how that fits into my life. Do you have a, uh, a relationship with trust in your business? That's something that's coming up lately with all everyone I've been, I've been interviewing and just in my Mm -hmm. own life of like really, you know, taking the action and showing up, but also knowing that even when all your clients drop off overnight, that you are like, what, what does, how does trust play out for you and your business? That's a really good question. And it's something I haven't thought about until right now. And you asked me it, um, <laughs> but there, it's kind of a funny theme that came up for me. So kind of mid November, I decided to let go of six clients, um, which is not a small number. Like it was a quite a big number in terms of revenue for my business every month. Um, but I decided to let go of those six clients, trusting that, you know, something would make up for that money that I was losing mm-hmm. out by letting go of those clients. Um, so yeah, trust is definitely something I've had to work on um, and just believing that letting go of opportunities that aren't the right fit for you, you're just making space for the ones that are the right fit for you. Um, yeah, so trust is super important. Love that. Uh, and completely agree. And I think like as our businesses evolve, we're naturally going to move away from you know, income streams that don't feel that once we're like our dream, you know, having totally. clients. literally my dream. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and I think yeah. a lot of people just, I know for me, I had a whole section of my business where I was speaking to, um, business owners, women in the aesthetics industry. I had some experience yeah. and I was able to really help them and it had been hugely profitable for me, but it wasn't yeah. aligned anymore. And so, mm-hmm. Being able to be like, you know, I've been making like 80 grand a year from this one audience and it's not, it's yeah. like, it's only a third of my business uh, yeah. and being able to be like, if I let go more of what I want is going to come in. And and I also Absolutely. think like, like, what was it like for you in letting go of those people? Because a lot of what holds us back is not wanting to disappoint. Yeah. I mean, it was really hard um, because I, like you said, didn't want to disappoint them. Um but yeah, I kind of got to the point where it was like me or them. Like I was like, I'm either going to go crazy trying to support these clients or I can let them go, let them find someone who would be very happy to work with them. Um, so that, yeah, it took me a while to wrap my head around it. I honestly think I went back and forth probably for two months wrestling with it before I finally committed to letting them go. Um, so yeah, it, it wasn't overnight and it wasn't easy, but 
Yeah. Once I did it, um, I did have a couple of days where I was like, what the hell did I just do? Like <laughs> what is going to happen? Um, but then almost instantly, um, the right kind of inquiries filled up and my course right. took off a bit more. So yeah, it was crazy. Why did you decide to do six all at once? Um, I thought, you know, I may as well just go for it. I may as well just do it all at once, rip off the bandaid. And I really didn't know what was going to happen. Like I didn't know if I was going to be able to replace them or if there was going to be another stream of revenue that would kind of fill that gap. Um, but I was just, I would had taken on a new client that was an ideal client. And I was like, I can either like bring this amazing, like cool new client onto my roster with a bunch of clients I'm not loving, or I can get rid of the ones I'm not loving and bring this new client on and let them kind of set the standard for what I want the rest of my clients to be like. So I think it was a big mental thing as well. There's a big mental component to that. Amazing. Um, What was the learning process for you involved with building a team in your business? This is something we haven't really talked about on the podcast, but I'm Mm -hmm. (laughs) figuring out myself. Uh, And I love having team members. I love being able to hand things over to other people that are so excited to get them done for me. (laughs) But definitely, definitely a learning curve. It, I was just going to say like, I'm still learning. It's a huge learning curve. Um, Kind of the biggest piece of wisdom or like the little nugget that I've taken away. Um, I don't know if you follow James Wedmore, but he says hire slow, fire fast. Um, Yeah. So that's really served me. (laughs) Yeah. Cause sometimes I feel like, especially as women, we are scared to let go of people that aren't the right fit for us. So we hold on to those relationships and try to make it work more than we should perhaps. Um, So that was one thing that I've been kind of struggling with and I've gotten a lot better at and, you know, realizing that your team is there to support you and not necessarily the other way around. Um, I realized that I had been creating a lot of allowances for my team members for a bit where it was not supporting me or the business, but I didn't have maybe the energy or I don't know, maybe the backbone at the time to say otherwise. Um, So I think it's being like, you know, being really crystal clear about what you want. Um, Communicating very clearly is also obviously super important, Um, but also giving your team members the freedom to make the right decisions. Um, I found that people have, they have this knack of surprising you when you give them the chance to show you what they're capable of. So there's a couple of things I've been learning and yeah, I'm still definitely in the process of learning more. It's definitely like the less you micromanage someone, the more they feel empowered to show up. And I think I was just on a call the other day with a client of mine who was asking about, you know, hiring her first team member. Mm -hmm. And I said, my dynamic is really like, I trust the people that work for me. I want them to show me what their strengths are. I'm not micromanaging, Mm -hmm. but I also don't sweep anything under the rug. Um, There's communication, but also like a respect for the fact that they are human beings with a Mm -hmm. lot to contribute and allowing them to do that. Yeah. That's so important. Actually giving them the space to do that. Yeah. I love that. Uh, and besides what's the point of <laughs> having team members that you micromanage, you might as well just be doing those things yourself. That would be, easier. I know. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's funny how that happens sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a whole other lesson in trust as entrepreneurs, oh, yeah. as business owners being like, this is my baby. And now I'm going to entrust it in <laughs> other people's hands. It's so hard. Oh my goodness. So hard. Oh yeah, it is. It, it And it's like, just for me, it's been a practice of slowly letting go and mm-hmm. seeing like that was safe. That worked out. That person yeah. really showed up for me. And I, and I really set that intention as well. That was, totally. that's one thing is for me, it's very intentional about what I want mm-hmm. in terms of the person that I'm looking for. And that has never failed me. Yeah. I'd love that. That's, you know, I'm actually in the process of hiring probably two team members in the next little bit. And I'm like going to take notes about what you just said, because the intention behind it, that's a great point. Oh, I, uh, I mean, I've got someone in my team now who, um, you were communicating with Riley. She does a lot for me in terms of the podcast and things like that. Yeah, she's great. And, uh, I literally like wrote her down on a piece of paper (laughs) before (laughs) she showed up. And I even said, she's going to find me in terms of this person. I, her, her age, I wanted her to be in Canada for currency reasons. I, um, wanted, I just, I was very specific and within like 24 Mm -hmm. hours, she messaged me and was like, I don't know. I I don't know if you're considering hiring anyone, but, um, keep me in mind. And she was just like, exactly what I had described. Ah, So I think that that's really, it's really, really important, especially Mm -hmm. the question my client had was like, how do you find people that aren't, you know, going to cause havoc for you? And I'm like, I just, that I'm not vibrationally available for that. Yeah. That's not an option. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Uh, so I, uh, well, maybe you can share with us one, what has been 
a big win for you in your business mm-hmm. at this point in time? And also, what is it that you are working on creating next? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest milestones I had was kind of August last year. Um, we hit a revenue goal that I'd set for the year uh, four months early. So that was super exciting. Um, yeah. So that was like probably my biggest win so far. Um, other wins or things I'm working towards, um, I am relaunching my Reels course. And I, my goal for that is to have it be the best, most comprehensive course on Reels um, in the market. So that's what I'm working on. I want to be able to show up for my students and have them know that they are learning like the best, most up-to-date techniques and tips and tricks on Reels. So that's what I'm working on right now. Amazing. When does that launch? Uh, you know, a good question. I think it'll be the first week of February. I am working on just some updates and adding some cool new templates and goodies to that. So it'll be the first week of February. Okay, cool. Um, I will, I'm not sure exactly when this episode is going to launch. Maybe not before. (laughs) Will it be an ongoing thing? Oh yeah, it's going to be ongoing. It's going to be evergreen. Oh, perfect. Okay. So we will link that down below because I feel like I'm going to sign up for it. (laughs) Uh, And we'll link, is there anything else that, uh, well, first of all, maybe I can just ask you, where is it that people can connect with you? Yeah. um, People can connect with me over on Instagram. It's at burden brand management and uh, my website, burdenbrandmanagement.com. Those are kind of the biggest places you'll find me. Perfect. Okay. We'll put that all down below. Uh, Give Laura a follow. And uh, yeah, I I feel like that course is something people are... Now now that I understand just how powerful Mm -hmm. Reels are, I mean, I'd heard of people saying, oh, it has a real capacity to draw more people into your business, but I didn't realize the growth potential. Um, Oh yeah. Massively. It's crazy. Okay. That's cool. See, and things (laughs) like that are so powerful in our mindset because when, because it puts you into alignment with like, okay, now I'm all about like, what's the story that you're telling about your business? So for me for a long time, it was like, my audience is not growing. I don't know how to get more people. I'm never going to get that stupid swipe up thing. (laughs) It was like, I had to switch that story. I know. I had to switch that story. And then I got on Clubhouse and all of a sudden, all these people were starting to follow me over from Clubhouse. And it was like, oh, I switched the story. So, you know, in, in signing up for a course like yours, the story that you're going to be telling through that is like, I'm excited to learn how to grow my my audience through reels and I have, Absolutely. I have to know how to do it now. So yeah, love that. we've had some really crazy, um, student successes. It's awesome. I think we've had five or six now that have hit the 1 million mark, um, for views, oh which God. is just crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. Amazing. I knew one person that had a reel go viral and it was like a couple million views or something. And her yeah. audience skyrocketed from like 9,000 up to 40,000 within a couple of yeah. weeks. <laughs> I believe it. That's incredible. One reel yeah, reels of are her crazy. grandmother dancing. <laughs> That's, oh. what it was. That's cute. Anyway, um, I really appreciate your time today, Laura. And I got personally <laughs> so many takeaways that I'm really uh, grateful for. And I'm sure my audience mm-hmm. will be as well. And uh, yeah, I just uh, appreciate your time and your expertise today. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. And it was such a great chat for me as well. Thank you. Thanks. Bye, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or you got value from it, it would mean the world to me if you'd share it on your Instagram stories and give the podcast a five-star review, which helps me to get this message out into the ears and the hearts of those who can benefit from it. And I'll see you guys next episode.